Okay, this is Jack Mitchell again, signing on for SPO Perspectives. Uh, looking forward to our third episode right now, kicking off uh, this third week of the new year. Um, the name of this episode, I think it's going to be great uh, for the folks out there listening. Um, it's called The Wild West. And uh, the reason why it's called The Wild West, um, one of my favorite parts of the state, uh, western New York. Um, you know, most folks associate that with Buffalo. Um, but I have someone on here today. He's from the North Tonawanda region. Um, you know, and I, I actually, I was out in Buffalo and Niagara Falls um, last July. But I, I know that um, right now, that area is on fire because Buffalo Bills, I mean, Bills Nation, stand up. Uh, the whole mafia, I, I'm loving it. And um, this could really be their year. But um, so... I want to come in and uh, just talk about this, um, you know, guest for this week. Uh, his name is Anthony Montoro. Great guy. I've known him, I want to say, probably for the past six years or so. Um, he was in the uh, SBO Academy with a good friend of mine, Kevin Coffey. And his academy linked up with mine. And we had such great times pretty much ever since then, um, every Saratoga trip. With the exception last year, we didn't have one. Um, we've linked up, and he's the only other guy I can tell you <laughs> that if I'm hanging out, you know, we do our sessions all day long, and then we go out, you know, with our colleagues at night. He's the only one closing the club or the bar down with me, <laughs> and so um, this guy is great. Um, been an SPO for quite some time. I'll come in and kind of, you know. Let him do his thing. And, you know, we're going to have, again, a span, a conversation. This is what the podcast is about. I'm here to inspire, relate, and just even be a support for our colleagues around the state. So, having said that, Mr. Montero, tell me off the top here. Oh, and I, oh, I got to say this. So, you were one of 6,000 last night at the game. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, I was, I was there along with about. I would say it was more than it was probably about seven thousand. Then you Woo. put in all the media people and types. Wow, it was, it was a pretty good crowd. So how was really that? I mean, the game you guys won. I mean, I'm all yeah. for it. I'm I've been piggybacking bills <laughs> this year. But tell me about that. I mean, listen, we talk about stuff, school business, but I got to hear that from you right now. Yeah, well, uh, obviously the the bills have been a huge. Uh, positive for our region uh, despite everything that's going on there's a real positive uh, vibe throughout the uh, entire area just because of uh, how this team is performing and how they connect with the um, the community mm -hmm. and I think that's been the, the one unique thing it's not like we're just watching these guys um, you know play on TV and, and it's just kind of uh, you know uh, I guess people that you feel like are above you. Um, these guys really reach out in the community. Um, Josh Allen constantly, you know, Children's Hospital helping out the kids there. Awesome. You know, uh, Deion Dawkins is really big on social media connecting with fans. Um, so I think this team has been really unique in that respect is that they've provided a lot of support uh, to the community along with uh, just playing some outstanding ball. And uh, you could really see it. Um, it. It almost is reminiscent of the the '90s, but I would say this is on another level because oh, yeah. that team they they connected with the community, but they were 
there's a lot of prima donnas on that team. You know, <laughs> this team, it's all, it's all like regular dudes. Like they are so, um, engaged with the fans. I mean, they really truly are. Um, even okay. the, even the, uh, owner. And then last year when they were having, um, games, mm-hmm. um, you know, in person, um, Kim Pugula, uh, Pugula okay. and some of the Pugula family, they're out in the, the tailgates out there with the oh, wow. quote unquote mafia hanging out. And, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it, I think that's really has been the, the key to everything that's going on right now. Kind of taking on this COVID, um, yeah. stuff and, and just, uh, turn it on its head. So people feel, I think pretty good in Western New York, ironically enough, even though everything else is burning around us. Um, you know, it's like we're in this little little bubble of happiness right now. So yeah. it's pretty cool. And, 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 and my voice is a little out today because I know I was going to yeah, say definitely some screaming going on last night. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it's OK. Alyssa's is on show. Pick up. I got the mic on it. Well, listen, I mean, how does this translate? I know like you guys are probably, you know, from when I hear one of the highest um, you know, positive cases, uh, numbers, um, around the state. Um, how, how is this translate? I mean, it sounds like, you know, this is a microcosm, like how the folks are out there in the whole West region, you know, that hospitality is going on with the team of the bills right now and really creating that great positive vibe along, you know, how's that translating back to you? And, you know, just, I guess you working as an SBL. Well, I think, what it's a good illustration of is, um, you know, just being connected with community. And I think that's kind of what West New York is usually associated with. And uh, just I've seen some, you know, great examples um, with my superintendents. You look at the districts and the schools that, that do well, and a lot of it comes down to connecting with your community, you mm-hmm. know, being open with them, being transparent, having conversations. Because I think, um, you know, that's the key to leadership. And that's why I, I kind of feel like the Bills are leaders in the community. Like, they know they represent. Okay. And, and um, you know, I think that's what you have to do the same thing, mm-hmm. especially when you're running a district. Um, you know, you've got to represent the people. Yeah. And when you do that, um, you get all the support. You, you don't have to worry about budgets get passed, things of that nature. I think in the past, <clears throat> you know, that's where we're kind of a – I don't know if I want to say a new breed of SPO, but I think, you know, the, the, the old school view of an SPO and why some of the guys that are guys and, and ladies that are in the business that have been in a long time, oh, mm-hmm. so difficult now. And things have changed so much. And I think it's because those folks used to just sit in the office and crunch numbers. And that's not, that's not the position anymore. The position is you got to engage with the community. You have to talk with parents. You got to be in touch. And, uh, okay. I think, you know, to not do that, you're doing a dis, uh, disservice to, you know, the district because you are, you're not an elected official, but you're, mm-hmm. you're part of a, a community organization. And, um, you know, if you're not in touch with, with what's going on in the community, then I, I don't know how you develop the budget. I don't know how you work with your teachers. I don't know how you, you know, your kids need. And it's not like the position used to be where you could just sit in office. Um, I think if you do that, you're, you, you might be able to manage a district, but you're not going to be successful on another level. So that's, I really try to engage the parents, the community, and um, actually I enjoy it. 
Um, you know, when, 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 when some administrators are, oh, parents are calling me to complain. Well, no, I, I like it when they call me because you know what? It gives me a chance to you know, hear them mm-hmm. and then have a conversation like we're doing right now. And yep. I can tell you, I've, I've never come away from a conversation with a parent, um, with a negative outcome because I, I listen, um, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, I engage with what their you know feelings are and, and, uh, you know, do the best they can. And it's not always a good outcome, you know, it's mm-hmm. not always what they want, but at least they feel like, you know, they've been heard and we're trying. And, yeah. um, I think that's the key, you know, um, yeah. yeah. And then the segue to the bills, like I think that's what that, what the mm-hmm. organization's all about now. And I think when the organization was in its dark days for the last like two decades, it's because a lot of the administrators came in and it was like, you know, the bills aren't telling us what's going on and they're trying to get rid of this player and they're trying to get rid of that player. And there just wasn't that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the new um, GM and the new ownership, um, I, mean, I can't say enough about how much they've been a part of the community. I mean, Pagula, he, I mean, there really should be a Pagulaville because mm-hmm. the, the guy, you know, between nice. the Sabres and the Bills, I mean, yeah. uh, the guy's been outstanding. Um, I don't know how anybody could ever criticize him. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Sounds like, wow. I mean, what you're saying and what you're doing, like like you have a lot of experience with we're dealing with these connections and community, and that's really good. I think I, I agree with you, you know, for – for a lot of our colleagues out there, um, I, I embrace, you know, we get these calls about taxes, whatever, and people might try to run it high for them. But it's just something that, you know, you build a connection, it goes a long way, and um, it creates that positive energy throughout. That's good. I mean, so what are, you, what are you looking at, I guess, in the second half of the season? I know, you know, this school year has been still mired with the pandemic. And, um, you know, I could say that, we're starting to get these budgets together. Um, we got, you know, news of the CPI on Wednesday, uh, you know, 1.23%. Again, pretty low considering um, where we've been since the task has come into place about eight, nine years now. Um, you know, the governor, um, and I always kind of just on these podcasts, I want to give our view, our listeners uh, just information too that the governor is going to be doing his um, state runs on the 19th um, of this week. So, um, like, h- how is this impacting things with your budget? You know, just maybe give a little bit, a few words on that. Um, so, for me, the way I budget and approach the budget, you know, I take a lot of uh, state controller workshops and, you know, looked at a lot of uh, different districts and how they – uh, manage things and you know my internships way back mm-hmm. and I made sure I was at you know four or five districts doing internships because I wanted to see you know wow. different perspectives and um, I, I think the you know the biggest thing that drives budgets now is the revenue side because it's capped right so I think in the past you know school districts say well this is how much we need to run our programs yeah, we're going to go out there with a 7% tax increase. Well, those days are gone. Yep. So the revenue is what drives everything. And I think based upon that, the most important thing to do and what the state controller really is pushing, rightfully so, is you know trying to put out more lean budgets um, and doing that through more, I guess, detailed and uh, 
robust forecast. So, I mean, you really got to forecast out five years okay. because the budget that you're going to work out in five years, if you don't start thinking about it now and start planning now, um, you know, when you get to that point in time, you know, if you haven't put any thought into like how everything fits together, um, you, know, you could be in trouble because it, you're not going to be able to, it's almost like moving, um, you know, a, a ship, uh, one of those transatlantic ships, you know, it, it doesn't move quickly. So you got to make little turns and, and adjustments all the way up I through like the that. years. And if you don't <laughs> do that, then by the time you get to the year where, you know, I guess maybe use the Titanic as an example, you know, if you don't start making moves uh, until you see that iceberg, you're in trouble. Um, yeah, you can be able to do it on time. I love it. So, you know, what I've done is I put together a fleet re- replacement plan. I know one didn't exist when I showed up. I put mm-hmm. together a comprehensive technology plan 10 years out. Nice. You know, that didn't exist. Um, put together an energy performance project to keep cutting costs. Like, I think you got to go in every year, whether it's a good budget or a bad budget, you got to, like, how am I cutting costs? For sure. And, and getting leaner. And actually, because I was doing that when I first started at North Carolina, we're, we're in pretty good shape. Um, That's good stuff. It was, yeah, we're still going to have a budget uh, shortfall, but. I put together an energy performance project and I worked on it, you know, before any of this went down and, um, you know, I'm going to be able to leverage that to, you know, significant cost savings going to LED and mm-hmm. high efficiency boilers. And then on top of it, I'm going to get a nice, a uh, bunch of nice rebates, uh, this year. So that's money coming back in, you know, revenue stream that I, you know, didn't have, oh, yeah. it's not really a revenue stream. It's just, a little injection of money, but right now, um, that's going to really help. Um, so and we're not talking, you know, small dollars. I'm, I mean, I'm talking like, yeah, almost, uh, 400,000 in, in rebates. Stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that's really the, the key there. Is mm-hmm. You gotta, yeah, you gotta be forward thinking and look beyond this budget year. So this budget year is fine. Like, but you're kind of just putting, the puzzle pieces together like you know you're doing the levy you're doing the calculations you're putting all the little details together but mm-hmm. um i think one of the key things is okay well, what do i look like three years from now and how do i structure this year so i'm in even better shape three years from now um so i think that's the key i think in the past people just took it year by year yeah and when they could just say oh we're going out at 10 percent like that this doesn't exist I anymore yeah. so um, I think that's the key is like, you know, put your details together this year, mm-hmm. we'll put them together in a way that you're setting yourself up in the future. It's almost like chess. You got to be very strategic. Yeah. Sounds like you got it all covered. That's a really good thing. I mean, you know, you mentioned a couple of good things there. Um, I know energy performance contract, uh, me and myself, I've taken upon doing an, another one, uh, the past couple of years. So there was one, when I joined the district, there was probably done maybe six or so years before I joined. And then um, I did one a few years um, and to, to my tenure there. Uh, but that's definitely a good thing. I'll probably talk about that down the line in another um, podcast. But um, as we get to, to close here, because these conversations, I don't want to be too long. Folks, who knows, they may have 15-minute drive, may have a half-hour drive. But nonetheless, I wanted to keep it you know, pertinent and useful. Um, I always try to end off with, like, is there anything that, you want to say to other SBOs or anything you may want to offer advice, um, whether it be for new or old, um, 
because um, this is what this is about too, really, you know, helping out each other. So want to wrap up with that. Um, I think my biggest thing is, uh, you know, kind of what we started with Okay, is be visible, mm-hmm. you know, engage with everybody in the community and in the district, uh, you know, be it teachers, students, um, you know, other administrators, like have conversations with them, you know, try to create those connections. Um, because I think the, the traditional view of the SBO was, again, they sit in their office, they crunch the numbers and they say yes or no to purchase orders. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's all you're doing, then, you know, like I said, you may be okay. Um, and you may do the job, but you're not going to, um, you know, I guess, uh, realize the fulfilled, uh, nature of the position. Um, you know, you can't just sit in an office. Like, so that'd be my biggest thing is you gotta get out. And I know when I first started, I was criticized a lot because I was in the buildings Mm -hmm. and wasn't in the office all the time or I was out meeting people and they're like, well, this guy is never in the office. Like he's out there, you know, having fun or what? I don't know what they thought I was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm I'm working. And then guess mm-hmm. what? When I actually do the number stuff, that's like when everybody leaves. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like when everybody leaves for the day at four o'clock and punches out, I'm there for the extra two hours doing the, the number crunching. Yeah. Because um, actually, it's easier because no interruptions. It's quiet. Yeah, no yeah. interruptions. Yeah. So I think that's the key to me is like you, you got to be out there. You can't. Okay. Just sit in your office. Sounds so. good. Yeah, I mean, our our position has evolved so much. We're so much, you know, not just the reporting, but just so many other elements that we oversee and manage. So um, this is great. Well, listen, Anthony, um, I got a chance to see you in 2020, <laughs> barely, right, yeah. um, Buffalo. Yeah. But that was a good time to catch up while I was out there. Hopefully, my brother, I get to see you again in 2021 this year. So, um Thanks again for coming on. And um, right now, I'm going to sign off SEO Perspectives. Look forward to next week and uh, hearing from our listeners. Thanks.